Chapter 7, Part 1 of Catherine Deborah, or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA. Catherine Deborah, or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther by John G. Morris. Chapter 7. Luther's Children. Domestic Character. Catherine. Catherine had been the mother of six children, three sons, and three daughters. 1. John, born June 7, 1526, studied law and became a civil officer in the services of the Elector of Saxony, died October 27, 1575, aged 50 years. 2. Elizabeth, born December 10, 1527, died August 3, 1528. 3. Magdalena, born May 4, 1529, died September 20, 1542, aged 14. 4. Martin, born November 7, 1531, studied theology, died March 3, 1565, aged 34. 5. Paul, born January 28, 1533, studied medicine and became court physician to the Elector of Saxony, died March 8, 1593, aged 61 years. 6. Margaret, born December 17, 1534, died 1570, aged 36 years. Luther was accustomed to say, quote, The more children we have, the more happiness we enjoy. They are the loveliest fruits and bonds of the domestic life. End quote. He was never more happy than in the circle of his family, and whoever saw him there forgot that he was the man who spoke without fear or trembling with emperors, kings, and nobles. He was much averse to noisy entertainments. Quote, I lose too much time at such festal gatherings with the citizens. I do not know what demon it is that prevents me from abandoning them, and yet they do me much harm, quote, said he. It was in the bosom of his family and in the company of a few select friends in which he sought the most agreeable relaxation from the burdensome cares of his life, and gathered fresh vigor for his arduous labors. Surrounded by his wife and children, and by the side of his intimate friends, as Spalatin, Bugenhagen, Krusiger, Melanchthon, and a few others. He took part in the innocent amusements of life with a full heart of gratitude to God, who favored him with these evening relaxations. In 1543 he celebrated his 62nd birthday and invited Melanchthon, Bugenhagen, Krusiger, George Major, and Eber. It was the last time he celebrated that day. Subjects of solemn import came up for conversation. Luther, in a prophetic spirit, said, quote, As long as I live with God's help, there will be no danger, and Germany will continue peaceful. But when I die, then pray. There will be really need of prayer. Our children shall have to grasp their weapons, and there will be sad times for Germany. Hence I say, pray diligently after my death. End quote. He then turned to Eber, particularly, and said, quote, Your name is Paul, 
Hence, be careful, after Paul's example, to preserve and defend the doctrine of that apostle. Luther was a man of sociable disposition, always enjoying conversation, enlivened by wit and edifying anecdote. He excelled in spicy conversation himself, and was the life of every circle of distinguished men. But he especially found the sweetest enjoyment in conversation with his wife and children, and often, too, from the innocent prattle of the latter, he derived no ordinary edification. When his heart was sad, he would take one of them into his arms and tenderly caress it. Thus, on more than one occasion, he took the youngest child, and pressing it to his bosom with deep emotion, exclaimed, quote, Ah, what a blessing these little ones are, of which the vulgar and the obstinate are not worthy. End quote. On another occasion, he said, quote, I am richer than all papal theologians in the world, for I am contented with little. I have a wife and six children, whom God has bestowed on me. Such treasures the papistic divines do not deserve. End quote. Little Martin was once playing with a dog. See, said Luther, who took a religious view of the most ordinary circumstances, and thus also in social life he became the teacher of those around him. See, said he, quote, this child preaches God's word in its actions. For God says, Have then dominion over the fishes of the sea and the beasts of the earth. For the dog suffers himself to be governed by the child. End quote. On one occasion, this same child was speaking of the enjoyments of heaven and said, quote, In heaven, loaves of bread grow on the trees. End quote. The father replied with a smile, quote, the life of children is the happiest and best of all, for they have no worldly cares, they know nothing about fanatics and errorists in the church, and have only pure thoughts and pleasant reflections. Quote. He was amusing himself one day with the child and said, quote, We were all once in this same happy state of mind in Eden, simple, upright, without guile or hypocrisy. We were sincere, just as this child speaks of God and in earnest." Quote. At another time he remarked that Martin afforded him special delight because he was his youngest child. Quote, we do not find such natural kindness in old persons. It does not flow so freely and fully. That which is colored or feigned loses our favor. It is not so impressive. It does not afford as much pleasure as that which springs up naturally from the heart. Hence, children are the best playmates. They speak and do everything sincerely and naturally. How Abraham's heart must have beat, he continued, when he was called on to sacrifice his son. I do not think he told Sarah anything about it. I could contend with God if he demanded anything similar of me. Here the maternal feeling of Catherine was roused, and she observed, quote, I cannot believe that God could demand of parents the slaughter of their children. Quote. He removed her objections by reminding her of the greater sacrifice which God the Father made of offering his own son as a ransom for our sins. Margareta was once speaking to her father of Jesus, the angels, and heaven. Deeply moved, he exclaimed, quote, Oh, how much better than ours is the faith and life of children! The words which they hear they accept with joy and without any doubts, and are happy. 
but we old fools have painful anxieties and dispute long well has christ said unless ye be converted and become as little children ye cannot enter the kingdom of heaven End quote. christmas particularly was a season of joyful festival in luther's family no annual fair such as are to this day held in germany passed by in which he did not purchase presents for his children with deep regret he wrote to his wife when he was in torgau in fifteen thirty two that he could find nothing in that town to buy for the little ones at home vocal and instrumental music was a frequent source of family entertainment especially after supper luther himself accompanied it with the flute or the lute both of which he played skillfully he often invited accomplished singers and thus held family concerts in his house when his time and the weather permitted he repaired to what was afterwards called luther's spring which he himself discovered and over which after his marriage he had a neat summer house erected he spent many an hour of pleasant enjoyment in his garden with his wife engaged with her needle and the children playing around him here he often invited his friends to exhibit to them the luxuriant fruit of his own cultivation as the children increased in years especially the sons he made them his companions he took them with him on his numerous journeys and they accompanied him on his last and eventful tour to the place of his birth and as it proved the place of his death that he might enjoy the society of his wife as much as possible he pursued his labors with her at his side or invited her into his study she often copied his manuscripts for the press and otherwise rendered aid in writing he communicated to her everything of special interest relating to the progress of the reformation not only orally when at home but by letter during his absence he also frequently read aloud for her entertainment and sometimes even extracts from the books of his opponents such as erasmus and others he often gave her striking passages of scripture to commit to memory such as psalm thirty one which was particularly applicable to her condition after his death just as though he had anticipated it years before she on the other hand often urged him to the performance of pressing duties especially answering letters her participation in his affairs was kindly reciprocated by him he patiently listened to all her requests and in his letters executed many of her commissions it was only when he desired to complete some work which allowed no postponement that he dispensed with her presence at such times he locked himself in his study for days and ate nothing but bread and salt that he might without interruption pursue the work in hand this often occurred and he would not allow himself to be disturbed on one occasion he had been thus locked up for three days she sought him everywhere shed bitter tears knocked at all the doors and called him but no one answered she had the door opened by a locksmith and found her husband profoundly absorbed in the explanation of the twenty-second psalm she was proceeding to reprimand him for occasioning such painful anxiety that he was impatient of the interruption to his studies pointed to the bible and said quote, do you think then that i am doing anything bad do you not know that i must work as long as it is day for the night cometh in which no man can work Quote. but his tone and look sufficiently indicated to her that he was after all not unduly excited 
at his social assemblies his walks for recreation and short excursions into the country she was his inseparable companion as often as circumstances permitted when numerous business calls necessarily compelled him to leave home he wrote to her the most affectionate and often the most humorous letters the birth of his first child june seventh fifteen twenty six afforded him peculiar gratification he communicated the fact to many of his correspondents in a strain of pleasant humor and of course received their congratulations in return the child was baptized soon after birth by dr aurora and named john by the grandfather Bugenhagen, Jonas, and the painter Kronick Sr. were his godfathers. From his earliest years, this boy excited the liveliest hopes in his parents on account of his uncommon mental abilities, and it was he who gave occasion to the preparation by the father of several excellent books for children. Luther possessed the rare faculty of letting himself down to the capacity of children without himself becoming a child. This son's name often occurs in the letters of Luther, and he is always mentioned as a lad of uncommon promise and an agreeable plaything to his father and mother. He thus writes to Hausmann, quote, Besides this, there is nothing new except that my Lord has blessed my Kate and made her a present of a healthy son. Thanks and praise for his unspeakable goodness. Mother and child send their respects to you. End quote. Sometime after, he wrote to Spalatin, quote, My little Hans salutes you. He is now teething and begins to scold everybody about him with the most amiable reproaches. Kate also wishes you every blessing, and particularly that you also may have a little Spalatin, who may teach you what she boasts of having learned from her boy, namely, the joys of matrimonial life, of which the Pope and his satellites are not worthy. End quote. Luther's friends were much attached to this child on account of his amiable disposition, and sent him many presents suitable to his age. When the boy was yet but four years old, his father wrote to him the following letter, quote, Grace and peace in Christ, my dearest little son, it pleases me much to hear that you love to learn and to pray. Continue in this good way, my child. When I come home, I will bring you a beautiful present. I know where there is a beautiful garden into which many children go. They wear gilded garments and gather all manner of fruit from under the trees. They sing, leap, and are happy. They also have beautiful little horses with golden bridles and silver saddles. I asked the man who owns the garden what sort of children they were. He replied, They are children who love to pray, to learn, and serve God. Then I said, My dear sir, I also have a son called little Hans Luther. May he not also go into the garden, that he too may eat these beautiful apples and pears, and ride these nice horses, and play with these good children. He answered, Every little boy who loves to pray and learn and is good may come into the garden. Lippus and Yost also, sons of Melanchthon and Jonas. And if they all come together, they shall have all sorts of musical instruments, and dance and shoot with little crossbows. And he pointed out to me a meadow in the garden, suited for a children's playground, and there were hanging golden instruments of music and beautiful silver crossbows. But it was yet early, and the children had not yet eaten their breakfast. Hence I could not wait to see the children dance and play, 
and I said to the man, Ah, my dear sir, I will go without delay and write all this to my beloved little son, Hans, that he may diligently pray, learn well, and be pious, so that he too may come into this garden. But he has a little sister, Lena, whom he must bring with him. Then the man said, It must be so. Go and write to him. For this reason, dear son, learn and pray, and tell Lippus and Yost also to do the same, and then you shall all go into the garden. I commend you to God. Kiss Lena for me. Your dear father, M.L. 1530. The prudent discipline of the mother, exercised with tender earnestness, gradually developed the moral and intellectual faculties of this youth in an eminent degree, and this, combined with his religious and scientific attainments, as subsequently displayed, afforded the father unspeakable gratification. In his fifteenth year this youth received the most honorable testimonial of his industry in study and general excellence of character from John William, the second son of the elector John Frederick, promising further encouragement and aid in the prosecution of his studies. When he was properly qualified by preliminary attainments to attend a higher school, he was sent to the gymnasium at Torgau. Afterwards, he studied law at Wittenberg and Konigsberg, and on his return from his travels in various countries of Europe, he was appointed court counselor by John William, in which office he subsequently served under the brother of the elector. He was dismissed at his own request, and entered the service of Duke Albert in Konigsberg, and died October 28, 1575, aged 49 years. End of chapter 7, part 1. Recording by Bill Mosley, Lano County, Texas, USA.